Hello, Nevadans. This is the NV Politics Podcast, where we discuss political hot topics throughout the state of Nevada to keep you informed on what's going on. We're your hosts. I'm Dominique Labonte. And I'm Tim Hannafin. And we're recording this episode of NV Politics on October 20th, 2023. So let's get into it. Hi, Tim. Yellow. <laughs> so it's been a couple weeks, but... Yeah, it, and uneventful just, yeah. in Nevada. Just Not a... elsewhere, but here at least. <laughs> but we do have a couple of things. So for our rehash today, we have a quick update on that wonderful GOP Republican primary versus caucus in Nevada. Then we have a, a little rehash on some water stuff that came out. Our main content is some recent news over the last two days uh, with the Clark County School District dealing with a cyber hack. They did not get a teacher's contract. That is not the news. No, <laughs> but wouldn't have that have been fun? And then from there, we'll go into our Broke My Brain. So we'll go ahead and jump into the rehash. Here we go. There was an update from an ABC News article that posted on October 19th around the GOP Republican presidential primary and the caucus. So just uh, some background information. They're trying to confuse voters. Is it last year that we passed a bill that basically said we're getting rid of these caucus things because they're a nightmare. We want something more formal and we're all moving to primaries. Now, here we are getting close to that time. And the Nevada uh, Republican Party is saying, nah, we want the caucus, which we've kind of already uh, touched on previously, but we do have a list of candidates who are going the primary route and the list of candidates going the caucus route. For one, what are they trying to do for their voters? Like, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> Cause reading, chaos. I'm reading through the list of who's gone where, and you'll probably get into the more details of mm-hmm. it. But like, mm-hmm. it seems like all of the big names, and I'm just going off of the debates that I watched because yeah. I'm glutton for punishment according to anyone i ever talked to and they're like you watch the debates and i was like yes i watch the debates all of the big names from those debates seem to be going with the caucus yeah that's right so i'll list them off for us yeah so for the caucus that's going to be held on february 8th it cost each one 55 grand to get in that's right i forgot about it it's absurd it is ridiculous so you gotta pay that 55 grand to get in the caucus on February 8th. So the people who have or plan to are uh, former President Donald Trump, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie, Doug Burgum, and Ryan Binkley. I don't even know who the hell that is. I've never heard of that person until just right now as um, I read his name. <laughs> Do you know about Binkley, him? Binkley, give me a second. Give it says second. pastor and entrepreneur Ryan Binkley. Uh, co-founder of Technis, Texas-based Create Church and the president of business consulting company Generational Group. Well, that that's, guy. <laughs> that's all that the Nevada Independent has on him. 
Okay, so so that guy, Ryan, he is doing the caucus. And then the primary that's actually being held before the caucus on February 6th, again, this is the state-mandated way based on our law, uh, is going to be South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, and Vice President Mike Pence. And then it just says, along with some long shot candidates. Yeah, you got S- Donald some- Donald Jorns, uh, Hershsen, Heath Fulkerson, and John Castro. They're right. They were just much nicer about not saying people I never heard of before. <laughs> hey, hey, one of them's a Reno resident. Still never heard of them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Basically, what they're saying in this article is, while Nevada voters can cast ballots in both the caucus and primary, the latter slate of hopefuls are competing for a symbolic victory. The 26 Nevada delegates that will help determine who wins the Republican nomination will be awarded only through the caucus and not the primary. So that's a a little bit of the update on the GOP primary versus caucus. So it's essentially whoever gets picked out of the caucus. So it's the... Yes. The money people. So already you have to have money to be picked as the candidate for the state of Nevada. Like, one, it's fucked up, but two, it's just... It seems dumb. Yeah, and they basically just vote for each other by shouting out loud <laughs> hey, don't don't bash on the old nevada caucus system okay that is a tried and true method of voting that every old nevadan loves i personally hey, didn't hate it, you but... say that your dad himself said it's terrible and needs to be done away with as i even said it's not my <laughs> opinion it is the opinion of the old nevadans who love it and all those old Nevada <laughs> politicians and non-politicians alike, they all love their old caucuses. But, <laughs> you know, if you watch either of the debates, they don't need a caucus to yell at each other. Yeah, that's fair. And yell mm-hmm. over each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's move on to water. So the Nevada Independent posted an article on October 16th that is reporting on an attempt to tackle groundwater overuse and a new it's it they're saying it's a new approach at least from Nevada but there are other states who are doing something similar and that is essentially buying back farmers rights and so Basically, they're saying, and Tim, I know you know way more about water than me, so you can add in the details here. From my understanding, after reading this really long article, basically, there is $25 million in grants, and they're saying to farmers, hey, if you want to use less groundwater, you can sell your permits up to a certain amount, And we're going to give you money for it because you don't think you're going to use it or you're just going to try to cut back as an incentive to use less groundwater. And this is in some particularly dry areas of Nevada. And that's my understanding of it. Do you have any additional thoughts? The, The biggest problem that Nevada has with its current water rights allocation system 
and I only know this because of a great friend of mine who ran for Assembly District 40, and her big thing was water. Mm-hmm. We have a use it or lose it policy where you're allocated a certain amount of rights, and if you don't use all of your water rights, you use, you lose access to those rights. Hmm. So farmers are incentivized to use all water allotted to them, regardless of if they need it or not. So they're encouraged to keep using old, antiquated watering systems that don't need upgrades and spill gallons of water for every plant they water. And, you know, highly inefficient systems simply because they need to. Okay. This would allow them, you know, the ability to sell rights for a year or sell back, make some money on the water that they're not using, and also Mm -hmm. act as an effort to conserve. Because a large part of transitioning into where I took the article or what I took away from it was Mm -hmm. a lot of these farmers are tapping into their water and they don't have any more water. They should have Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. water in their water rights. They turn on their spigots, they turn everything on because they have to use it and there's no water left. And they're going to the state and saying, yo, WTF, because the state's so over-allocated on water rights and it's given so much water to so many places mm-hmm. because it's using an allocated and, or, or uh, antiquated system of water rights allocation, basing it off of water numbers from you know the 18th, 19th centuries, I think maybe the 20th centuries, where we have far less water, but they're over-allocating it as if we have too much water. And there just isn't enough water at the end of the day. But then I also, and correct me if I'm wrong, I thought I read where they were saying that some places are just continuing to use it even above what they've been allocated, and they haven't really been cracking down on that. It really, to me, it scares, the broad strokes scare me, because it's kind of what we were talking about, and it's just happening where a lot of these farmers that are complaining about it are the small-scale Nevada farmers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who are already being squeezed out of markets left, right, and sideways by the large conglomerates. The larger people who are using the water and not being pursued, I I would suspect, is probably a larger conglomerate. And yet it's the smaller farmers that are suffering for it. And we're we're seeing it to where there's, there's just not enough water to go around because it's being misused, misallocated, or abused in some way. Nevada needs to update how we're looking at our water rights systems. Mm -hmm. This is a great way to start doing that if we can get it to work right. But we need not be going after the farmers. We need to be going after, you know, the large water users, the golf courses, places like that, where it's like, hey, you know, fucking golf on turf. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm just, I'm so tired. Like every golfer I talk to, I'm like, so golfing on turf? And they're like, yeah, it's worth saying. And at this point, I'm like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like golf on turf. <laughs> uh, something that I thought was interesting. So this $25 million grant, it's federal funding. And it's a one-time deal. It's not like this is going to continue. So I guess they're just looking to be smart about this particular allocation of grant well, money. But then that's that's the other problem with it is if it's a one-time deal, then what's it doesn't next? solve the problem. Right. Because the problem is, is that we need this permanently, not as a grant. Right. So cool, it's a grant, but 
you know, grants run out and yeah, the state then can't what? afford to have it run out. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, that's kind of the gist just, on the uh, groundwater overuse. So just, you know, trying to do what we can to see where we can conserve a little bit more if we can convince some farmers to make some money while doing it. Yeah, and I, I, I just want to put this out there because it's, it's a thought that I'm at least having more and more with all the negative uh, environmental news I'm reading everywhere, left, right, and sideways. But yes, watering your lawn at night once a week is better than, you know, three times a week during the day. Mm-hmm. And our listeners should do that. But we we need to start, and I, I don't know what, and we're, we'll be getting into this definitely with the main topics, because this is going to be a reoccurring theme for me, but uh, we have to do something more than just, oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take a shorter shower every day because <laughs> we're not the problem, even as a collective unit. Like right. we have to be doing more to be holding these corporations, mm-hmm. these golf courses, the it just everyone who's using the fucking water that doesn't need it accountable. Because quite frankly, farmers need it first yeah. than everyone else because they're making the goddamn food that we need to survive. Like we have to start having harder discussions and realizing that things are going to cost money yeah. and we need to start going after where the money is. Yeah, amen to that. I agree. All right, shall we jump into the main topic here? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Tim, you actually tipped me off to this news. I hadn't heard about it until you shared it with me. And I, I do want to first talk about why it, I got tipped off to it was because today the Clark County School District was having internet outage problems, and they were very quick to partner with their internet service provider to release a statement to say, it was not related to the cyber hack that happened a week and a half ago, and it was related to a construction issue that occurred where literally a line got, like, <laughs> severed somewhere and, and dug into, so a ton of customers lost service. Okay. And then I was like, wait, they were hacked last? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so according to an 8 News Now article from October 18th. According to a lot of news articles yeah. from... I looked at a few of them, and there really there's not a ton of detail, but basically what's being reported is that there was a Clark County School District hack, they're calling it a cybersecurity incident, that is affecting emails. They say that, but it also can't use Google Meets, Gmail, which is email, and Canvas. We also have to talk about the email that was sent to parents in the district by the district to change their passwords not only just to change their passwords but highlighting that what data was compromised be it school employees administrators and student information like and quite frankly that's where i'm i'm kind of throwing up the largest red flag of like uh diff fuck hold on a minute <laughs> like because <laughs> We, we've had episodes on cyber attacks before. Uh-huh. We know a lot of, or at least some of our listeners probably know a lot of my feelings on cyber attacks and <laughs> how the current trends are going and what companies need to be doing and things. But, you know, Clark County School District is the fifth largest school district in the country. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, once kids' data gets, like... 
you know, if, if the kid's parents is letting them make the Facebook account and they're too young, like that's kind of on the parent. But if the kid's just fucking going to school, like everyone's yeah. going to school. Yeah. Like it, it's not an optional thing. It's not something that like, oh, you know, there's someone else. Like, no, this is the school's fault. And because mm-hmm. it's a school district, their response is, well, oh, I mean, they're attacking the low-hanging fruit because we're a school district and we're not going to, you know, have the resource. And it's like, okay, you're not wrong. Yeah. And the problem isn't that you don't have the resources to deal with this. It's that we're not doing the right things to get the resources to allocate to you to prevent this from mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Because this happened in 2020. Yeah. I saw something about that. This isn't the first time that this has happened to them. And be it just student passwords to school accounts gets compromised. I I think everyone's guilty of it, but they'll reuse a password here or there. Yeah. Like it's bad and I'm not saying that you should and I'm really trying to break the habit and diversify my passwords and really be intentional with that. With that being said, like especially as a kid, like I mean God damn it. I had so many accounts. You expect me to remember? Oh, yeah. many pa- no, I had yeah, one password. Yep. Now that password is compromised. Every single one of my accounts is compromised. Plus, God knows what else information they got from the student records on those students in mm-hmm. this breach. Like, yes, it might have just majorly affected their internal work systems, but... I mean, they made a comment of, like, unplug the hardware until we can figure it out. Like, was it that bad? Like, did, were you literally just ho- calling some that. guy? Like, Jim, Jim, unplug the server. Get out. Get out. <laughs> yeah, just just yank that. the cables. Yank them. Yank them. Like, this hack was different from the casino hack in that there was no ransom requested, right? It. I couldn't find anything on that, but yeah, I, I was don't looking. know, so I'm not going to say yes or no. Even with the ransom, it's like, okay, I doubt there was a ransom even done because quite frankly- They know the school district can't pay shit, right? Yeah, so. well, they can because they're the fifth largest in a state that just got a massive influx of money. And, mm. you know, the school district is currently dealing with a teacher contract situation where they're- not paying their fucking teachers anything so like yeah they have the money which is the problem right now which is probably like horrible timing but at the at the same point you know you could go after like any other company in the state of nevada and probably make more you have to think the flip side and this is kind of where i have such the problem with it child's information costs more money because it lasts for longer Mm. like i and i know that that's it's really fucked up to think about but in terms of criminality it's really Mm. hard for any youth to know their identity is stolen until they're 18 totally someone's identity will be stolen but because they're not actively drawing on any systems that use their social security number or any of their ppi information Mm -hmm. they don't know until they're applying for scholarships and student loans and things like that when they're hit with like a oh you have a credit score of zero by the way like wait how do i have a credit score and it's like, oh, yeah, you already have a beyond established credit score because you've lapsed on these four things. Oh, and by the way, you owe us money. Yeah. And it's like, we, huh? Yeah, and, totally. And like, 
a, a child's information is far more valuable, which sucks. Yeah. And the fact that they're the ones that are compromised, I, like, I just kills me. Yeah. And basically, <laughs> to the point that you made earlier, their suggestions um, is having the students and teachers change their passwords or unplug the machines. And they said that it will be taking weeks for them to actually contact every affected student and individual. Well, yeah, because it's thousands and thousands of people. I, yeah. The fact that it's happening to our, to our school district is bad. Mm-hmm. We need to be just trying, again, we need to be going after where the money is to get the money to our school districts and to the areas that we need. Like, yeah, it, it's totally fine that we can't fund our school districts and our school districts are being hacked like this, but social media companies are wreaking, you know, millions and millions and millions mm-hmm. of dollars of revenue off the data that they're selling from these same people. And it's like, well, why aren't we care? Let's go after the money to get the money in the hands of the people that need it. Yeah. Let's move into Broke Our Brain. You ready? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll go first. All right, so here's the deal. This whole... <laughs> Actually, I, I think this was similar to my last Broke My Brain now that I'm realizing it. So the whole House Republican majority, House Speaker... Oh my goodness, what a shit show. Remember, I was like, please don't let it be Jim Jordan because he's an asshole. Well, that, there's been a lot of back and forth. Uh, the Nevada and it still in- doesn't look like it's going to be Jim Jordan because he's an asshole. God, I, listen, this is how much of an ass, and this is the broke my brain, but there's also a line from Amade in there that I want to say because it just made me laugh. But there is a quote in this article that says, Several House Republicans who voted against Jordan say that they've received death threats and vitriol from his supporters this week, which they say were part of a coordinated pressure campaign initiated by Jordan allies, including conservative media figures like Sean Hannity. I'm just like, yeah, please don't put Jim Jordan as speaker. This man is terrible for so many reasons and he's just an awful human being he covered up a whole college uh molestation scandal thingy it's awful he's got a terrible history and look he's got people threatening death if they don't vote for him for speaker so that that was very very frustrating and then on top of that okay so this This is the laughing part. This was my favorite part. Okay, so you know, you know, um, our um, Congressman Mark Amaday. Mark. Oh, Mark. Okay, so he made a comment about the whole process of them trying to come to a consensus and, and count and tally votes for the speaker. And this was the quote. For the Nevada Independent, it says, Amaday on speakership. Here it is. There ain't 217 votes for Jesus, Mary, or Joseph in there. (laughs) Good God, if that's not a Nevada quote, I don't know what is. Um, I died when I saw it. That's that's a pretty Nevada Uh, quote. Um, Yeah, he even said that it's literally like, 
herding cats. <laughs> I would, I'd believe it. Um, it's, it's really bad when they're that disfractured. Mm-hmm. And I, even before I get into mine, it scares me the most that if you use the off year elections as any indicator on what 2024 will look like, Republicans did pretty well in 2023. And that's scary to me because I'm like, wait, but this is all happening. Like, <laughs> it's not even like anyone's trying to blame the Democrats for this shit. Like, right. yeah, it, it's so very clear what's happening. And yet I'm, I'm afraid that they still might gain overall ground just for the fact that Dems, I don't, well, not Dems, but the, the people that would traditionally support Democrats are not showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Because there isn't a reason for them to, and that's the problem. Yeah. The last thing that I'll say about this is, um, you know, in the article, it says Amaday made interesting comments about the attempt to overturn Nevada's 2020 election results. So apparently uh, Amaday supported Jim Jordan when he was doing the 2020 congressional objection to the Nevada election results. And that he was the first person to sign on to the objection. And then later on, uh, he basically said, uh, because it wasn't successful, as we have already reported on previously, to overturn the election results in the state of Nevada. He said, it was a nothing burger. In theory, they did it, meaning they attempted to overturn the election um, illegally. But in reality, who cares? <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> this is our one Republican con- uh, congressman that we have, you guys. So, Mark Amaday. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we could transition correctly into mine because it's somewhat related. But uh, Yeah, jump in. The- the grades are in for the state, much much like every other grade that our state has gotten. We're not doing good. Is it an uh, F? <laughs> yes, it is an F. Uh, it was done, I don't even remember by who, I think it was like a Princeton group, but it was essentially an evaluation of the new Assembly, Senate, and Congressional districts that were passed in... 2021 for our state okay and an overall analysis and the grades were f because new maps based on census data is that what we're talking about the new Mm. maps based on the census data uh or current maps if you will Mm -hmm. every single district that was analyzed Mm -hmm. was said to be outside of the competitive range and for a battleground state that made absolutely no statistical sense Okay, explain it to me. I need you to break it down for me. So, in a battleground state, that would traditionally mean that almost every single race is competitive. Every single race okay. is a battleground. It's, you know, mm-hmm. a lean one way or the other, or it's a toss-up. You know, you, you don't really know. Like, it's really not close. Okay. It's, it's, it's really close. Nevada districts are, are the opposite. They are very not close. Every single district is almost seven points outside of a competitive range, meaning that there is a almost seven percentage difference between the the winning votes and the losing votes in said district. 
Okay. So are you saying they're gerrymandered? As fuck. <laughs> and and uh, are they leaning towards Democrat? <laughs> uh, well, that that's where it just goes down to more statistically, yes, more uh-huh. lean Democrat because mm-hmm. it was Democratic controlled all three parts of the government that passed these maps. Yep. But, I mean, it's not that every single one is a lean Dem. It's that every single district is, like, certain. That's kind of the bigger issue. So you can look at a district and say, oh, what's the district currently? It's, you know, D or R. Well, that means that it's D or R. Mm -hmm. There isn't a way to flip it. It's not competitively close. It's not in a range that would allow someone to get in and have it shot from the other side. Okay. Applying on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. I My brain is broken because when I started to look at other congressional districts or just other anything in the damn country, it's pretty the same, Consistent. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I'm just curious on how the fuck Nevada got away with it. Like, the only reason, the only thing that we had going for all these districts is that they met the cultural diversity requirements. So they Mm. met, like, the, like, they were uh, reflective of the population of a whole in the state. It's like, okay, okay, cool. But you look up any of Nevada's districts currently, and they look gerrymandered. It just... Interesting. It looks drawn wonky, and then you look at any other anywhere, and it's not drawn that way. And pe- some people will say, "Oh, well, it's a, it's the result of how our towns got incorporated and spread mm-hmm. out and sprawled." And it's like, okay, yes, but also no. Like you can draw. I I would hate to say it, but straight lines in the sand, <laughs> and it'd probably be better than what we have currently. And when I say straight lines in the sand, I'm talking along the same lines just congressionally that we have. Like, you don't have to do it by district. You could probably draw lines, and it would at least be an argument of saying, well, it's less gerrymandered. Or there there are other ways that you could split the state that, you know, I don't even necessarily agree with. Does it say what they chose to prioritize? I mean, obviously, you said that there was... Um, some strategy behind um, ratio for ethnicity, but... There was ratio for ethnicity, but at the same time, there was a lot of objections for the same reasons because Mm -hmm. there were some communities, say, in Las Vegas predominantly that were split up or drawn into various categories. There was a lot of splitting up that happened in Vegas and a lot of unifying that happened in the northern part of the state. And that was kind of the problem. A lot of the North communities that were once viewed as different, but they were geographically and culturally the same, were now drawn together. The reverse happened in Vegas. Hmm. This is where we get into a lot of heavy speculation, but to kind of go off of what I was thinking earlier, it seemed like it was very much a, we want to make easy re-elections for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, sadly, every state does that. that. Yeah. Yes, but no. This is where you look at how other states do it, and they do it, but they do it to a point, and they get constantly brought up on charges for gerrymandering and for things not being allowed, but nothing seemed to have gotten past our Supreme Court in the state of Nevada because the state of Nevada Supreme Court 
I, I don't you know. You mean it got I, past the Supreme Court without any challenges? What well, it, it, no, like they stopped it. They, they, they put an end or it didn't even get to the Supreme Court. It didn't get to the point where a higher up power comes in and says, you got to fix this. Sure. Like it, it never got there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not even going to start speculating on why, because I was about to say some crazy outlandish things about our Supreme Court that I just probably shouldn't say. Yeah, well, you know, there are just a handful of states, I believe, that actually will pay a third party company to do their um, congressional maps. And that way it is more nonpartisan. Um, But yeah, at some point, I think all states need to land in that space so it's more objective. I think our state did use an outside agency, but I think the outside agency was either from Vegas or Reno. Like, it was one of those things where they weren't, like, they were outside of the official, like, government deciding it, but they weren't outside to the state, if I remember. I could be horribly mistaken on that, but... Well... I guess we'll just have to look into it and figure it out. Yeah, it it, it hurts that it's that way, especially living in northern Nevada, because it kind of just solidifies feelings that I've been having for a little while, which says, well, you can't do anything because you're a Democrat. And most of most of northern Nevada is drawn red. And the areas that aren't, aren't for seats that someone in my position could run for. Yeah. it's Cranky uh... politician. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, unless you're in the Washoe or Clark, you're pretty much, pretty not much red. In, not even in Washoe, because it... I don't. I don't know. I guess there's other County-wise, feelings there. Blue, yes. Yeah, there's other feelings there of saying it's it's hard to run for office as a Democrat in Washoe. Not because of other bad forces that we've talked about on this show, like Beatles, but just other things with how our city works. We're weird. <laughs> I don't know. I I just I hope something changes. Because there, there is a large, young, progressive sector in northern Nevada that is growing mm-hmm. and are, in, from what I'm seeing, continually being disenfranchised from politics and the party and everything. And we got to start doing something. Yeah. And the fact that we have gerrymandered districts that, you know, d- pretty much dictate who's going to win where, like, that's just equally discouraging and they they wonder why they can't get people involved and then it's like hey it's politics <laughs> all right we will, will you wrap it up where can you listen to us so we have this thing on god sorry i'm i don't know why i'm shutting down here uh we got this this podcast on the apple podcasts <laughs> the google podcasts the uh Amazon Prime podcast, the spot. Did I already say Spotify? I don't think so. The Spotify podcasts and the iHearts, the iHeart podcasts. You can send your suggestions to us for the podcast episodes at hello at nvpoliticspodcast.com. 
And at this point in the outro of the podcast, one of my main goals is to say podcast as many times as possible oh at the end of this podcast. Goodness. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> but really write in, give us your suggestions, give us fun ideas. I don't know. Hopefully something happens in Nevada, but then maybe hopefully something doesn't. Like, I don't know. It seems like we're scratching for news at this point, but <laughs> no. we're getting into an election season. More and more people are filing. I'm starting to follow that. Even when things officially happen, sometimes there's nothing as well. And, and that's that's the other nature of this beast. A lot in the wind, but we'll, we'll see how it goes, and we'll keep you updated the best we can. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>